Hey there, this is Michael Burris. I'm the lead pastor of Summit View Church in Irving, Kentucky, and this is our podcast. I hope this podcast encourages you, I hope it inspires you, and I hope it helps you to start seeing your life from God's perspective. Thanks for joining us today. Now enjoy the message. You are joining us in person or listening to this later. I'm excited that you guys are with us. We are in, today we're in week three of our series that we're calling for the month of August. We're in the series, Go Fish. Um, go fish, and, and in this series we're looking at how we can effectively uh, reach those people that are inside of our circle of influence, but outside of a relationship with God, with, with a relationship with Jesus. So in the month of August, I'm, I, I'm really, I've been teaching you first uh, why we need to reach people that are far from God, but also I want to teach you how we can reach people that are far from God, because I don't want to tell you, hey, we need to do this, and then um, I'd be a terrible pastor to say, hey, we got to do this, and never, never teach you guys just the, how simple it is to really to do it. And so I think this series is really, really important um, because I don't think I'm exaggerating here when I say this is God's favorite topic. Like, if, you're, if you've ever made it to a series, this is God's favorite one to talk about, seriously, because God spends more time thinking about lost people than he does thinking about found people. Like, God spends more time thinking about the people that aren't here today than the people that are. I'm sorry if that hurts your feelings. But we have a God that's concerned about the lost. Like, I'll give you an example. If you've got $10 and you lose a dollar, well, maybe not. If you've got $100 and you lose $20, you're going to spend your time looking for the 20 right? You're not going to just say, you know what, at least i got 80 left. No, if you're anything like me, you're going to spend all your time searching for what was lost. And this is God's, um, this, is, this is on the, the front of God's mind as well. That, and if you don't believe me, go over to Luke chapter 15, and you'll find uh, there's three stories in Luke chapter 15 where God shows the priority that he puts on, uh, on, on ignoring the things that are found, ignoring the, 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 the coin that was found and the sheep that was found in, in the... In, in the son that was found and putting all of his priority onto his focus on the one that was lost. It's a great, we actually started our church with the series Lost and Found, and it's all about Luke chapter 15, and so you can go back on the podcast or the website and listen to some of those messages, kind of establish God's heart for, excuse me, don't know what that was, for lost people. So um, I want to thank you, though, first of all, this month for letting me share on a topic that really can be uncomfortable for a lot of Christians. It can really be um, a little uncomfortable for us. Thank you for letting me share something that for so many people is outside of their comfort zone. And, you know, it's important for people that are outside of us. It's important for us to know how, but it's even more important for the people that are far from God and not in church that we go through this series this month. And, and Jesus sets his agenda really well um, in the theme verse of this series. It's in Matthew chapter 4. Um, if you pull out your message cards, you can, uh, message notes, you can follow along today. And I just want to point out, we're going to go through a lot today. It's going to be very practical. If you, don't, if you haven't noticed, today is the very first day. Your message notes are front and back. Okay, we got a lot of stuff to, to go through, so I'm not, going to, I'm not going to waste too much time here. Matthew chapter 4, verse 
It says, while walking by the Sea of Galilee, Jesus saw two brothers, Simon, whose name is Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of people. In this story, Jesus sets his agenda for the people that call themselves followers. That, that he isn't primarily trying to make us better fathers, mothers, sons, daughters, spouses, students, leaders, employees. No, that's important to him too. But his main agenda for those of us that call ourselves followers of Jesus, his main agenda is that uh, he makes us into a fisher of people. That we would be reaching people that are far from, from him. So in the first message of the series, I really brought you kind of more of a, a theological message. We, I showed you all throughout the Bible um, God's priority and the importance that he places on sharing our faith and why we should do it. Um, last week, I got kind of into the behavior side of things. The, the Bible says that those that win souls are wise. And so we talked about how we can win souls the right way, um, making the most of every single opportunity that God would put in our path. And then today, I, uh, I want to talk a little bit about um, what do we say? Like when we're, when we're talking to people about our faith, what do we say? Because that's probably one of the, the hardest part of this for most people. And, and honestly, it scares people, frankly, um, when this subject comes up. And for many of you, this is what causes you to not do it in the first place. You, uh, you, you might sit in your chair and say, you, you would never want me to talk to someone else about my faith because if I were to get into a conversation with them or, or a debate with them about someone, uh, with someone about what I believe, they would win, right? Some of us are in that place. Like if I was ever talk about my faith or debate my faith, they, they would win that argument. Um, some of you might be like, they might, even, they might even convert me in the process, you know, just I don't know what I'm, what I'm doing. And my goal today is to show you that it's easier than you think it is and it's not what you think it is. That, that you're prob- the thing that you're probably aiming at sharing with somebody is probably the wrong thing to share. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse, verses uh, 9 and 10 says this. says, but you are the ones chosen by God. It's, uh, it's you are. Everybody say, I am. I am. It's not the pastor's job. Um, you say, I come to church, I, I, uh, I, I pay my tithes, you preach to them. No, that's not, that's not how this goes. Um, it's not my job, it's actually all of our jobs that, that this says that you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments to do his work and to speak out for him. To tell others of the night and day difference he's made for you. From nothing to something. From rejected to accepted. I just love that. From, from nothing to something. From rejected to, to, to accepted. Sharing your faith doesn't mean you have to explain the whole Bible to people. It doesn't mean that you have to have an answer. You don't, you don't have to, it doesn't mean needing to have a master's degree in systematic theology. It just simply means to let people know your story. Let people in on your story. Share what God has done for you. So last week I kind of, I, I let you know, I, I gave you, 
appetizer there, point three last week. I gave you a little appetizer of what was to come and, and, uh, and what do we say. And so if you're a note taker today, I'd love for you to, to write these down as we go through them. Um, I want to I show you what, what do we say? What do we say when we're sharing our faith? Number one, the easiest way to do this is we share the hope we have. Share the hope we have. You, you know, it's, it's, it's just this. It's sharing, I made a decision to follow Christ, and this is why I made that decision. It's that simple. I made a decision to follow Jesus, and this is why I did it. So when, you, when, when they say to you, yeah, but what about that part in the Old Testament where Jonah was inside of a fish for three days? How'd that happen? And you say, well, I don't really know about that, but, I, but let me tell you the reason that I chose to follow Jesus. I don't know about Jonah. I don't know much about that big fish, but let me tell you the reason I'm, that I made the decision to follow Jesus. First Peter chapter 3 Verse 15 and 16 says this, But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Guys, we're not trying to win an argument. We're trying to win their heart. And and, and if you gain their respect, you do it with gentleness and respect. And if you gain their respect, chances are you're set up in a much better position to gain their heart. We're not trying to win an argument. We're trying to win their heart. And, uh, and it goes on to say, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be that they would feel bad about it later, that you've handled this so well, you've been so gentle and respectful that they're going to feel bad about all of the terrible things that they might have said about you before this conversation. You need to share it that way. And, and you honestly... This point number one here, you honestly wouldn't need much more than, than this to share the hope that we have. You, you wouldn't need much more than this, honestly, to be effective in sharing your faith. Everybody knows your own story. And, and you know, I don't want to make m- more of this than what it is, but I, but I want this for you because... Outside of, of experiencing this own personal relationship with Jesus and interacting him on, with him on a daily basis, this is, I don't think there's anything better than sharing your faith and, and playing a part in someone's eternal destiny being altered and, and being someone that makes an impact on someone else's life and, and altering their future in the right direction. I just don't think there's anything better than that. When it comes to your faith and your Christianity, my favorite part of Sunday, I'm going to tell you guys, my favorite part of Sunday is the end of the message. Not because I'm just glad to be done. No, it's the end of the message because, guys, I've got a different vantage point than you do. I get to look out there, and, and when, I say, uh, when I say every head bowed and every eye closed, I know that nobody looks around, right? Like nobody does a little peek Peekaboo! You just do exactly like I ask. No, I know you do it. Um, I see you peeking, in fact. But that's okay. You just, you just, oh, praise the Lord! Somebody raise their hand. That's all right. I just want to let you know it's okay. You can <laughs> just, just don't make it obvious. But, but I get this vantage point up here to that you don't get to see that when that people are making a decision to to follow Jesus, and I want you to share in that. I want you to share in that joy. 
because it's the best thing that you can experience. And part of that is sharing your story, sharing your personal story. And uh, I want to give you three elements of your story that you can share, okay? You're like, okay, that's great. How do I share my story? Three elements. I want you to write these down to sharing your story. A, first one, share how I realized I needed Christ. How I realized I needed Christ. Let me tell you the condition that I was in. Let me tell you where I was. If you've been around here for any length of time, you've heard me share my story before, and I'm not going to do that right now, but if, if you've ever heard me share my story, you know that I always start with where I was before I made that decision to follow Jesus. Where I was, and, and listen, you don't have to exaggerate this. Guys, your story is powerful for whoever you're sharing it with. If God's led you to share your story with somebody, your story is powerful enough as it is. You don't have to exaggerate it. You don't have to embellish it. Just tell it like it is. Your story is powerful and it's, it's perfect for the person that you're sharing it with. So first you'd share how I, how I realized I needed Christ. And then you can move into how I committed my life to Christ. Because there's a story there. There's a moment that happened and something led to that moment. There, it, that's always the way it works. There's a road map that you can follow to the moment that you gave your life to Jesus. And, and it really sounds like this. Let me tell you what I did next. I realized I was in this place... Let me tell you what I did next. If you ever get the opportunity to share your story, listen, don't, out, don't point out to people um, what you should do. Just tell your side of the story. Just tell your story. You don't even have to tell them you should do this too. Just, just tell them your story. Share with them your story of how um, you made your commitment to Jesus. And then, and then finally... Um, here's the best part of your story. Like, we gotten through all the bad stuff. This is the best part. Share also the difference that it's made in my life. So you're sharing your story. You're talking about, this is where I was before I encountered Jesus. This is, well, this is how I realized I, I needed him and I committed my life to him. And then this is the difference that it's made since. And you may not be perfect. Listen, none of us are, okay? If, you, if you're perfect, you don't belong here. You, you ought to just walk to a, one of those other places that are perfect. I don't know. You, we're all imperfect here. So you may make mistakes. Listen, all of us do. You don't have to have a blemish-free Christian resume. But let me tell you what, what, you know, you just, here's what I have. I have hope. You know, you're sharing your story. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have it all together. I don't. But this is what I do have. Today, I've got hope for the future. And, and I know that in this hope, one day, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to be in the presence of God for all eternity. I have hope. And I didn't have that hope before I committed my life to Jesus. But I have that hope now. It's simple. It's simple to share your story. You know it better than anyone. And listen, God isn't asking for perfection He's just asking for our best. Just try your best. Do your, do your best living this life. And honestly, when you share Christ with people, you don't have to prove or explain the Bible. You don't have to do that. Honestly, you can win so many people by just asking the question, do you need hope? Because so many people need this hope that we have. And you got to be prepared to give an answer for that hope. Number one... You'd share 
the hope that we have. Number two, easy way, share, share my church. Share my church. You have the opportunity to share your church. I hope you like it here. You know, I hope you, I hope you, you like it as much as I do. I would sit and, I'd sit and listen. I like it so much. Even if I wasn't the pastor, I'd still come here. Okay, a lot of people can't say that about about their churches, but I like it enough. I'd still attend if someone else was was leading this charge. You have the opportunity to share your church because we listen. We have designed our church around people that are far from God. Like, I want you to take a moment right now and say, um, I, w- I want to tell you this. We've designed our church for people that are far from God. Listen, and it's going to stay that way. It's just going to stay that way. That's just the way that it's going to be um, as long as I'm leading it because it's so important. It's very important for who we are as a church that we never set out to create a church for churched people. That wasn't our goal. We didn't want people transferring from their church to here. That's not what we're setting out to do. We didn't create a church for church people. And listen, I hope that this church is a blessing to you. Uh, We work hard to provide something for you and your kids and your family. And we try to have things for you. Listen, our small groups that launch next month, those are for you. Those are where you can grow. This, those are where you can find relationships. And that really is all about you. But we made the decision before we ever launched this church that we would create Sundays that, that unchurched people would love to attend. We, we create Sunday mornings from the perspective of, I want people in here that have never been to church before or that have turned their back on church. That we would, that would even, listen, it's crazy that we would even talk to these people and, and make them feel welcome and, and we don't ask them or require anything from them. No, we just have a place where lost people can come and we can laugh together and we can have coffee and donuts and where we don't ask anything of them. They don't have to give, they don't have to serve, where they can just come check it out and see if it's a good fit for them. And I want you to hear this, guys. Listen, it's going to stay that way. This is how our church is going to remain because this is a big deal to God. And we're going to do everything we can because this is a big need. And we're going to grow as much as we need to in order to make room to pull up another seat to the table. Because the need is so big. Because this is a big deal. In fact, Jesus said it this way in Luke chapter 14, verse 23. He said, go out into the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in, listen, so that my house will be full. I know sometimes you don't like it. I know sometimes you say, I I need an empty chair next to me because it's just, this is too tight. You were here at Easter, you say, this is is too tight. I need a a chair. But, But God says, I need my house to be full. I want my house to be full. God loves a full house. And I'm not talking about the, the show. I've never watched that show, so <laughs> I don't know. It's, I'm sure it's great. But not, not just our church. God just doesn't want our church to grow. God wants every church to grow. God wants every church to be reaching people that are far from God because there is such a need. Do you guys know eight out of ten people that you encounter in Estill County are not connected to a local church? of people here attend church. There's a great need. 
And we're not trying to just have transfer growth. We're trying to reach those people that are far from God and invite them into a relationship with Jesus because this is the hope that we know you need. And so I'm going to continue saying it over and over and over. And you probably heard it a thousand times, and I'm going to keep saying it because it's important to us. So here's what we do as a church for lost people. All right? First, we pray for them. We pray for lost people here. I hope you do too. Listen, every morning, every morning personally, 7 a.m., I go into my office and I'm calling out the names of the people that are far from God. I've got a list of them. I told you about it last week. I've got a, or the week before. I've got a list. And I'm calling out their names before God. Every single morning. Every single morning we're, you're praying for people by name. I hope you have at least one person on your list. Because as a church we pray for lost people. In fact, starting next Sunday we're going to have um, seven days of prayer. Which... which you know, I'm trying to really break the, break the ice in. I, I almost did 21 days, but, but I thought seven days would be a little bit easier this year. Um, but, but what we're going to, and we're going to do it again in January. So, but be ready in January because it is 21 days in January of, of prayer and, uh, and fasting. We can, you know, we can cut off the winter weight. And, no, I'm just there's a lot more reasons than that. But, but starting on, I want you to write this date down, okay? Starting on August 28th and going through September 3rd, we're going to be having seven days of prayer. And, and, and when we do this in January, when we have the 21 days of prayer in January, our focus is really going to be ourselves. We're going to be consecrating ourselves to God, asking Him to set our life apart as we dedicate to Him the first part of our year but next week, starting next Sunday, our focus is, is going to be twofold. Okay, first we do, it, we do it for a couple different reasons. One, so we can shake off kind of the, the summer slump that we found ourselves in because uh, here's the, the truth is that people don't just take a vacation from their job and from, from things like that. On Sadly, people also take a vacation from God over the summer. We find ourselves kind of getting a little bit more comfortable. And so we're trying to shake that dust off, trying to kick, the, kick, kick it back into to high gear again. But also, um, we, we do this because uh, our, our, our focus for the seven days of prayer, secondly, is, is we're going to be focused on praying for lost people. We're praying for lost people because, uh, because in fall, I, I can't explain it, but fall always brings with it a spiritual harvest. Just like it's harvest season in the natural, people are, are, are harvesting all their crops. There's also a harvest in the spiritual. And it happens, and it, it happens whether you're ready or you're not. People are going to be coming to church for the first time. They're going to be surrendering, surrendering their lives to Christ. And, and we as a church, we're, we're planning series and events that are going to be attractive to those people that are far from God. So if you'll join me, Starting next Sunday, we're going to be taking seven days, and we're just going to, we're going to focus on praying for lost people. And there's going to be five scriptures that we're going to pray over them every single day that I'm going to encourage you guys to pray. And we're going to stand in faith believing that they're going to come to, uh, come to a relationship in G- with Jesus. You guys with me, everybody? You guys excited about that? We're going to... Guys, your relatives that are far from God are going to be one to the kingdom. It's going to be good. 
Listen, I'm going to preach with passion. Y'all can talk back to me if you want, but I promise I'm not slowing down. So um, second thing we do when we share our, our church, before you invite them, though, okay, before you ever invite them to church, here's what you need to do. Show them you care. Show them you care. What I'm saying is that look for some way to solve a problem in their life. Look for a way to solve a problem. Maybe they need help paying the bill. Maybe they need some food. Maybe, maybe, maybe they're just running dry on relationships and, and they need a friend. Show them you care before you ever invite them to church. Because before we share with them what we believe, we need to show them that we care. People don't care what you know. They want to know that you care. And, and this, is not, this is not in your notes, but I'm going to give you uh, three questions, really, that, that everybody's asking, okay, when it comes to a relationship with people. And this is what they're asking from a church. They're asking, one, they, they ask, can you help me? They, everybody wants to know that. Can you help me? They don't care about the size of our church. They don't care about what we're doing next. They, they want to know, can you help me? And... and Maybe, they're, maybe they need some help in their finances. Maybe they, maybe they need some help in their marriage. And honestly, this is, a, this is a great place where small groups can help. That's why we've, we've created them. I mean, if you just, like, it's a simple, guys. If you want to lead a small group, as turning on a video. And, and, and there's some video curriculum that you can watch, and we can recommend some to you. And, and that's all you have to do. You don't have to teach the Bible. Just turn on, a, turn on a, a, a video of somebody that's spent their whole life studying. You focus on creating friendships and relationships. Because people want to know, can you help me? Listen, it doesn't even have to be about the Bible. Like maybe there's a great financial plan. Like I know a lot of people do the Dave Ramsey Financial Peace University. That's a great small group. Like some people need, just need to know how to budget. Some people need some help in their marriage. There's small groups that can help that. And listen, if you're interested in leading a small group here at the church, we're having this training today, 1230. And if you can't make it today, make it next week. We're having another one for, for the people that couldn't make it today. We're having another one for small group leaders next week at 2 o'clock. Guys, we, we make it very easy for you to lead a successful small group here. Okay, first, first question, they, they, they want to know, can you help me? The second one, they want to know, can you, do you care about me? Do you care? People are just looking for somebody who cares. They're looking for somebody um, just that's going to love them. <clears throat> can you help me? Do you care about me? And then third, can I trust you? They want to know, can I trust you? <clears throat> They're looking for somebody that they can trust. And you know, for some of you out there, let me... Let me tell you this, I work very hard at this, okay? Like if, so if you're kicking the tires trying to figure out um, if some of you is your home church, I'm not telling you to join the first time you visit. I'd love to, I'd love to stand up, I'd love to earn your trust is what I'd love to do. I'd love to earn it. We do things around here uh, the way that we do because we want to be good stewards because God is watching but we also want to be good stewards because you're watching. And so I want to tell you, <coughs> we do everything we can possibly do to make this a church that you can trust. You can trust us with your finances. You can trust us with your family. You can trust us with your friends. Okay? Like, like our kids' rooms, 
There's a reason that they're locked. They're, we, we, the only people allowed in those rooms on purpose are the kids' team members that are highly trained and their background checked because we want to keep it safe for every one of the kids. We want you to be able to trust us with your family. We want you to be able to trust us with your friends when you bring them here for the first time. That you can trust that I'm not going to shout at them and tell them what a rank sinner and how messed up they are. No, that's not the way we do things here. I want you to trust that, ever, that when you bring your friend for the first time, they're going to get a great experience. And they're pro- possibly going to experience God for the first time in their lives on a level that they, they can really connect with. So everybody's asking those three questions. If you, if you can answer those three questions, you'll probably have enough relational integrity built up with them that they're going to want what you have. And so then you'll... Then you can, uh, step three, invite them to join me at church. And listen, invite them to join me, okay? Like two very important words. Don't, uh, when you invite somebody, don't just say, hey, meet me at the fair barn. Uh, we meet at the fair barn on Sundays at 11 a.m. It's a great church, good luck, you know? No, invite them to sit with you. Invite them to, to, to participate in the experience with, with you. And, and this is my challenge to you. Two Sundays out of 52. Two Sundays out of 52 Sundays for the year. Have someone sitting next to you that is far from God. Like like 50 of these can be all for you. But just two Sundays a year. Have somebody sitting next to you that is far from God. and, And invite them to come sit with you at church. You'll never be more excited or more nervous for a Sunday than when you have somebody that's far from God that's a friend of yours sitting next to you in church. Here's the bad news, okay? I hate, usually I just bring the good news to you. Here's the bad news, though. Sadly, we are living in a post-Christian America. For the, for the first time in the history of this nation, we're living in a, in a post-Christian America that, that when they say that 80% of people that don't go to church are never going to go to church. And that they're never going to be reached unless we reach them one-on-one outside of a church experience. And that's why I have to, to give you a few minutes on this last point, okay? Like, I wish I could stand up here and just tell you, hey, bring them to church and I'll do the hard work for you. Bring them to church and I'll, 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 I'll win them to Jesus for you. I'll stand up here and preach and I'll, I'll do everything that I can to win them to Jesus for you. But for most people, that's not going to work anymore. For most people, 80% of them that aren't in church today are never going to be in church in their lifetime. And so we've got to know how to win them one-on-one. So I'm going to spend a few minutes on this next one. I'm just going to share enough information with you on how to be dangerous, okay, with this thing. How to, how to share your faith. Number three, we can share Christ. Share the hope that we have. Share my church. But then when it comes down to it, we've got to know how to share Christ with people. And I, I think, honestly, people have made this too hard. I think... And I just really want to show you today how easy it is. Because it really, it really is simple. It really is easy. Okay? So, so if you're here in the room and you don't know Jesus, 
I want you to raise your hand so I can bring you up here and I'm going to show the church how to lead somebody. No, I'm just kidding. I would never do that to you. I would never. Y'all were real scared, weren't you? Like, what's he doing now? You said I could trust you, you liar. I'm just kidding. I wouldn't do that. But what I am going to do is I'm going to tell you um, how and and try to make it much more simple um, so that anyone that listens to this can walk away and you can feel more confident about sharing your faith, okay? That's what I'm going to do this morning. So, Really, there are two things that, that everybody needs Jesus. Just two things, two facts. Okay, um, two parts of this story that we want to share about Christ. First one is found in John chapter 3, verse 16. John 3, 16, um, that, that God loved the world and he gave up his only son. And, and whoever believes in him wouldn't perish, but they have eternal life. I, People need to know God loves you. Maybe you're in the room today and you need to know, listen, God loves you. That's the first most important part of this story is that God loves you. No matter where you're at, no matter what you look like, no matter what you dress like, no matter what you talk like, no matter what you did last night, God loves you. Well, what about, listen, I don't know much about it. I just know this, God loves you and, and he loves you so much that he sent his only son to die for you. And if you would just believe that it happened and put your faith in him, that, he, that he, he paid your debt and you won't have to go to hell and you, you'll get to experience eternal life with God, I want you to know and, and we need to let people know that God loves you. Why is this so important? Because every single person, I don't care if they are an atheist Every single person is on a spiritual journey and the spirit part of every single person is always trying to connect back to God because every person is made in the image of God. Every person is on this journey and they're looking for this connection back to their creator, their heavenly father. And listen, they don't need to know it all. They just need to know that God loves them. And then, and then not only that, but they need to know that God has an incredible plan for their life. John chapter 10, verse 10, that, that the thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And Jesus says, I've come, I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. Listen, you can, you can share with him. Your life, your life might be messed up right now. Your life is looking real messy right now because the devil is trying to steal, kill, and destroy you. But, but Jesus came not just to save you, but to give you a life so that you could live it to the full. Around here we call it life on high. Like we want people to live this life on high, this, this full experience of what God has to offer. And that doesn't mean perfect days. But what it does mean is fulfillment. What it does mean is that there's this fulfillment that words just can't explain. They might come up to you, hey, I need these answers. And you can say, I'm so sorry. I just don't know the answer to that. I didn't watch the Da Vinci Code. I don't don't know what it's all about. I have no clue. I didn't watch it. But I do know this. God loves you, and he has an incredible purpose and plan for your life. And so when we're sharing this, there's, there's three parts to this gospel story. Three parts to it. Every... Every, this, this salvation story 
It always starts with this. And this is how you can, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you step by step of, if you're looking to share your faith with somebody, this is what you can do. You start with the problem. Start with the problem. And the, and the problem is, you know, they, that people don't experience God's love and they don't walk in his incredible plan because there is, there's something that's in the way. There's, there's a blockade. And this, this blockade is called sin. Romans chapter 3, verse 23 said, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Guys, sin separates. There's a chasm between us and God. We can't bridge that gap because of sin. And, and we all have it. Every one of us have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. And we can't go to heaven. We can't exist. We can't exist with God. Why? Because sin can't exist in God's presence. There's a problem. So we have to deal with this sin issue. How do you deal with the sin that keeps us separated from God? Here's the answer. Romans chapter 6, verse 23. For the wages of sin is death. You gotta pay for it. Sin requires a payment. What is the payment? It's death. And that's a catch-22, right? Because, because you, you don't want to be, you can't be with God if you have sin, but, but if you die, now you're really not going to be with God, right? And, and there's, a, there's a problem there. And, and this is why the gift of God is Jesus. That, that eternal life in Jesus, which is the second part to this. You have the problem and then the solution. The solution to the sin problem the problem is that people are separated from God because of their sin. But the solution is in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, that God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ paid the bill. And you don't have to pay it. Let me tell you this. Hell is not a, a place where bad people go. And hell is not a place that God sends people to. Hell is a, is a place where you can go and pay for your own sin if you want. But Jesus has already paid for it. He's the solution that Christ died for us. Guys, no other religion even offers this. No one even offers a solution to the problem. They always just present the problem. And nobody offers the solution. Jesus is the only solution to the sin problem. John chapter 14. Jesus says that no one comes to the Father except through me. Why Jesus? Because he was the only person that's ever existed that doesn't have to pay his own bill. Because he was perfect. He never sinned. He never messed up. He's the only person that doesn't have to pay his own bill. And that's why in Acts chapter 4, verse 12, it says that salvation is found in no one else. For there's no, no other name uh, under heaven given to mankind which, by which we must be saved. I just want you to understand the very basics of the gospel, okay? You don't have to know it all. I just need you to know a few things here. The problem... Sin separates you from God, and there has to be a payment made. Well, what's the payment? You have to die. Well, I don't want to die. That's good, and I know. And that's why Jesus stepped in and said he would die for you. He paid the bill. 
How silly would it be if you're at a restaurant and someone in the, and the server comes up to you and says, hey, somebody took care of your bill and you said, no, I still want to pay it. No, Jesus paid your bill. So then if he's the solution, what's the next part of this gospel story? You ready to write? Are you ready to write it down? I'm not going to give it to you. I'm not going to give it to you yet because I know the moment that I tell you, you're, you're just wrapping everything up. You're closing it up. I, I want to share this with you. First, I'm going to give you the verse because... I know your mind checks out and you start thinking about lunch, all right? John chapter 1, verse 12, it says, But to all who believe and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. What does believing and accepting look like? Guys, you don't have to join some of you church. You don't have to get your life together. You don't have to dress the part. It's found in Romans chapter 10, verse 9 says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For it's with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you confess and are saved. This is the truth. Accepting and believing just looks like believing it and saying it. It's much more simple than we try to make it. And listen, this... God is constantly knocking. He's, he's constantly at the heart of, of, of every single person that's not in a relationship with him. And he's trying to reach out to him. Maybe that's you this morning. Revelation chapter 3 verse 20 says, Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come into him goes on to say, I'll sit with him and I'll eat with him and we'll start a relationship together. I'll say it like this. If you're far from God, God's going to mess with you some and he's going to keep messing with you and you're not going to be able to shake it and he's going to keep on trying. He's going to keep on knocking and God's messing with some of you today. saying something like this isn't it about time isn't it about time isn't it isn't it about isn't it about time to realize that the guilt and the shame is too much to handle on your own isn't it time to to recognize that what you've experienced and what you felt here could and, and what you've heard could possibly be true he's standing at your door and knocking and, and let's be honest, he could bust it down if he wanted to, but he doesn't. He stands there and he knocks. And he keeps knocking. There's the problem, and it's sin. There's a solution, and it's Jesus. And it only needs one final thing, and that's this. It needs the response. It needs the response. What is it? What's the response? Just give him your life. It's simple. Just give him your life. Well, thanks for joining us today. I pray that this message had an incredible impact on your life. If you want more information about our church, you can check us out online at summitview.online. We hope we get to see you on a Sunday very, very soon. But until then, have a great week.